The Movie Hour, Episode 63, December 17, 2009. Spoiler alert, the following hour programming may contain both movie plots and swearing. Welcome everyone to the George Takai Lambda 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 Movie Hour. I am your host, Greg Maloney, and we are joined in this hour of film discussion by my two pals. They're my pals, James and Jeff. How's it going, pals? Hello, Internet. <laughs> hey, folks. Just so everybody's aware, Jim is in an odd mood this evening, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, it can't James, be good. It, the, the beauty about the show is it doesn't just go to the Internet. It goes to the Internet into people's homes and cars. Like, there's ra- like you can take them and put them on, like, put them on your iPod. Do not toy with my emotions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, I won't. I won't. Um, so I've been I've been dying to hear your guys' excuses. So uh, where were you guys on Congo night? Because you definitely weren't at my house watching Congo with me, and I'm curious w- what excuses you have. I know that whole like half hour of leeway you gave me and warning. Half hour, of my ass! I called you earlier that day when I first found out Congo night was happening. I wasn't even at I- my house. I was somewhere else already. Okay, that's fine. Jeff, what's your excuse? Yeah, um, I I really should have been there, but I was busy hanging out with my girlfriend who lives out of town. So she could have uh, kind of go night. Race again? Yeah, no, Race I was. Right, there's just absolutely no way I would subject subject her to Congo night. I might do that to myself just to you know just to take a bullet like you know living in the trenches with you idiots. But uh, I, there's no way I would put my girlfriend through Congo right. night. It's okay. It's okay because other people flock to Congo night, and it was a great time. We watched the movie Congo. Laura Lindemann's in it again. It was good, um, and uh, I'm also feeling a little weird today. There, it's an empty studio here. I actually have the door open, and I don't have to worry about it. And like, there's no no kids running around, no Carl anymore because you guys let him go. Um, it's sort of sort of lonely in here. I decided not to dress up today. I'm not wearing my usual suit. Okay, that's no problem. That's not. I'm, a problem. I, I'm drinking. <laughs> Per usual. Nice. You, you've been broadcasting from the fridge for the last year, so it's, it's okay. Uh, we do have, a, of course, our, our usual itinerary to go through. Family Feud episode is quickly approaching. James, uh, our Richard Dawson, will be uh, giving us our Family Feud movie-esque quiz on Sunday, and we've decided the time, prepare yourself, 5 p.m., mainly because Jeff has some previous obligations before that. So it's a little later than we had hoped, but we're going to start at 5 p.m. Eastern, um, Sunday the 20th. That's this coming Sunday. By the time you hear this, you'll have a couple days to prepare. I'll put it up on uh, the forums. We'll make sure it's on uh, Facebook. Uh, you can find the time at gungapit.com. Uh, and we are inviting everyone to show up and pl- uh, pretty much play along, do the Family Feud episode with us. We had 10-plus-ish people last time, including us, but um, it was a really good time. Hope you guys can make it. And all you need is Skype and like an onboard microphone, a headset, whatever. Hell, you could probably even call in with a, a cell phone if you got a, a Skype app on it. God bless uh, technology. Yep, and we're uh, doing prizes this year. We're gonna have we the movie hour gift certificates for the winners. <laughs> That's a good idea, movie yeah, hour talk. gift certificates. I was sort of thinking about creating my own little like uh, quiz for the intermissions, and uh, what? That's my job. You got the. You've got enough work. You've got enough work on your plate already. You're fine. Uh, anyways, Family Feud episode, 5 p.m. Sunday. Be there. Be square. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, Team Greg's gonna win. So 
It's going to be big. Uh, also on the, the normal... What, what evidence would uh, lead you believe that Team Greg will win? It's going to be a pure music-based quiz. Because I'm the host, and I'm going to pick my team. And uh, even though you're good, you can't hold up your entire team, Jeff. So. Um, Want to bet? First of all, not only am I good at quizzes, I'm also good at boosting morale. And that's what Hol- uh, Family Feud is all about, Holiday Family Feud. And so uh, you're dead. I right, did like right. Greg's tactic there. He talked schmack and paid you a compliment, trying to, you know, <laughs> lessen the blow. Right, right. Uh, also, we had our, our Hollywood Rundown name contest, which is still in, in the works. We're trying to get a name for our new feature at the uh, here at the movie hour. We call it the Hollywood Rundown, but it's still open, still open right now. It's just a temporary name. Uh, we've got a couple couple comments already, some suggestions. I'm really liking one from Sicta, which is the Howard Hughes Hollywood Hoopla. I like that with a little alliteration going on. Yeah, I um, like that. Also, Zoe Deschanel's frozen yogurt from uh, from Jay from Josh it was also awesome. Uh, mainly just because the boards uh, is obsessed with Zoe Deschanel for a reason. Uh, well, not everybody. And uh, also, Michael Michael Ironside's movie hits and misses from uh, KPW. Mainly just because uh, the movie hits and misses and the Hollywood Hoopla both sort of you know describe what's going on in the Hollywood Rundown, which is nice, and it makes makes fun of a certain certain actor and sort of a. Uh, Play, plays a little little friendly there. I like that. And those are some good suggestions. We're, it's sort of a fight right now, and we'll see see which one wins. But, uh, again, the contest is still open, so if you have any suggestions, uh, gungabit.com is the place you can go for it. I'm looking for and a Spanish that. title, too, so if someone could submit one in Spanish, that'd be good. <laughs> I'll think it senior cat to do that, see if you can see, get, get <laughs> If it doesn't one. start with the word L, then I don't care. <laughs> By senior cat, do you mean John Cadwallader? Phone number two four eight. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, so time to move on with with our Hollywood rundown, uh, the the new feature, which is still sort of nameless. Uh, Quentin Tarantino was asked by Hollywood Reporter what his top eight films of two thousand nine were. I'll give you a dollar if you can guess one of the movies in his top three on that list. The Jeff, proposal. You're first. The proposal? No. Wrong. <laughs> Jim, what do you got? Uh, Zombieland. Zombieland. No, zombie. Those were not even on his. T- well, let me, guess, let me guess oh, again. Let me guess again. Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> nope. District Nine. Uh, his top three. He has not seen District Nine actually. Oh, shit. And, uh, oh, and just to be ass- fair, I should have told you he has not seen Avatar yet either, even though it's sort of out in the. What kind of asshole the... asked for those, a top eight? By the way, that's not even an acceptable number. You can yeah, go three, guys, guys five, nine, or ten. You're the one that said top seven or something just Why recently. Nine? Why is nine okay? Only because it's the 2009. A lot of those magazines like to, ooh, the top nine of 2009. Ooh, right, clever. Right. Anyways. It doesn't sound like it's okay when you do it like that. <laughs> His number one was J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, and then we've got Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell for two, and then Judd Apatow's Funny People. So, Interesting. Uh, Jeff, you just saw Funny People. I so. did just see Funny People. <laughs> um, anyways, very interesting. And Quentin Tarantino's uh, opinion probably uh, holds pretty pretty big sway for you, James. Do you like those movies, too? Are you and Quentin Tarantino cut from the same cloth? Um, I don't think I've seen any of those movies. Interesting. That's very interesting, James. I terrible hate news. Quentin Tarantino now. Yeah, that's terrible news. You should see only movies I see. <laughs> All right. I heard yeah. Greg Nita was pretty good. I, I didn't see it, but, you know. <laughs> Next in Hollywood Rundown, James Cameron told reporters that he already has sequels planned out for soon-to-be blockbuster Smash Avatar. God willing, we'll all meet again in Pandora 2, The Search for More Money. Idiots. <laughs> yeah, you don't say that shit. 
It's like a coach telling someone that we're going to beat the Lions before they beat the Lions. I mean, sure, it might be a foregone conclusion, but you don't say that. You That's wait until afterwards, and then you can throw a caution in the wind because, you know, it's already over. Yeah, it was, it's dumb. I don't, like, I don't see any problem with it. I, no matter what. Like, yeah, I you're think planning on sequels a, before your, your movie is the, a buster of awesome movie. The movie costs 100, uh, 195 million to make, I think. Yeah, and so it has a potential it, to be horribly bad it loss does, to the studio. Yeah, but like it's, Waterworld, Ishtar. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's risk. <laughs> Ishtar. Home Alone 3. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, this, I think this movie is going to easily make money. Um, do I think it's a bad idea to say, hey, um, if people want a sequel, I'm ready for it. I, I don't think there's a problem with that. I, uh, he just pretty much said, yeah, if, you know, Fox wants to pull the trigger on this, I'm, I'm ready to roll. You know, I've got I've already cast it and everything. Yeah. In my head. Like I don't, you didn't say that. I don't have the quote in front of me. Might as well it, have. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. He's creating a new Star Wars. After this, he's going to make some prequels. And Actually, I heard about this, and I swear I heard that he's already got ideas for, like, other neighboring planets and shit. So he's got oh, this yeah. thing fleshed out. Yeah, it's it's amazing how much uh, detail they put into this stuff. No James Cameron. Years. Yeah, yeah exactly. No wonder it took him 20 years to come up with this well, next movie. He's always had a Star Wars envy from what, from what I've read. And there's been, uh, he's actually Don't created double. just like, just like in the Star Wars world, he created the Pandora world and an entire biology for it, for the animals, for the plants, from down to like the different types of grass. There's a, I forget what they call it, like the Pandoric Encyclopedia something something is just the whole book and they're going to have it, uh, put up online probably to sell for billions of dollars after the movie comes out for all the, Pandora geeks afterward. By the way, Pandora is the the planet that the uh, the Navi live on, which is the alien race and Avatar. By do, the way, do you want to make a prediction of where this movie is going to fall as far as uh, how much money it's going to do? Um, it won't be. Mm, Star Trek's two hundred fifty-seven million it, at six. It definitely won't make the top ten. Well, the thing is, it's going to be tough to compare because are they going to put it in? Uh, because a lot of the grosses, I'm sure, are going to be next year. Um, I think the site we use doesn't do it that way, which is good. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. They, they if it's released they, before the right, end of the year, right, it's all exactly. oh, yeah, gotcha. Um, but yeah, something to stay tuned for. And I think <laughs> I know I still haven't seen 2012 yet, but I think I'm actually going to go see Avatar just because there's so much hype about it. I'm and sort and of also because apparently you hate Jerry. Yeah, I'm jumping up. I'm jumping off the cliff with the rest of the lemmings, so we'll see. James Cameron so. is greater than Jerry. They both start with J's. Everyone here is a J. We've got Jim and Jim and Jeff, and Jerry. Get a hold of Jerry's agent and let him know what a dick you are. Yeah. Jim Cameron right. and Lucas must have had, like some kind of bet on how can create the most shit because <laughs> <they've>... <laughs> I didn't mean shit literally, so but you know, it might turn out that way. But I mean, so far with... Lucas is winning in a landslide <laughs> with like this whole you know I'm gonna develop my entire universe for my films, blah blah blah. Plus, I mean, they pretty much have the competing companies for special effects as far as yeah, yeah, you know, they all create the their highest, so they're they're identical. Oh man, it's, it's they also both have beards. Yes, there Dude, better be some free creatures on Pandora. I'm going to be pissed. Next topic: Hollywood rundown. This year, there have been 20% less movies released in theaters compared to 2008, but they have made more money than any year in history. Pretty much over, I think it's 10 billion collectively now. Jeff, what the hell's going on? 
I got I got two answers for you here. Number one, the dollar is worthless. <laughs> buy buy euros. Buy euros now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's number one. Number two, in times of crisis, um, as as we uh, stand right now, uh, times of crisis, people like to forget about about what's horrible going on in their lives, all the uh, all the horrible, horrible, awful things happening in everybody's lives, and they like to go to the movie theater and uh, be swept away by uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop. That's right. I thought people had drugs for forgetting their problems. Why do they need? Yeah, movies? yeah, but you know the thing is also that you know we we, we you, 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 the drugs take care of the fake America on the coasts, um, but the real America, they wouldn't do drugs. That's they would right. go see Paul Blart Mall Cop. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just like to you know, sum this up with a, you know, a little bit more simpler theme. I mean, quality is better than quantity. It's always been true. I mean, when you have a top 20 <laughs> films of the year, I mean, Transformers, X-Men Wolverine, G.I. Joe, The Proposal, Fast and the Furious, Paul Blart, 2012, and Terminator, all in her top 20. I mean, you can't, you can't argue with that. Let me be the rational one. Does that have anything to do with movie prices being higher, perhaps? Maybe because of Yeah, this- because of the dollar being worthless. That was the first thing I said. They're, they're all, the Euro- tra- all the Europeans are traveling over here and watching movies practically for free <laughs> right. at our expense. Right. Well, yeah, that, you know, that and crazy inflation of prices, yeah. Oh, man. Anyways, very interesting. It's a very interesting uh, little tidbit of information there. Breaking breaking records here in 2009. Heads up. Heads up. We're speaking, of, speaking of Paul's, Paul Rubin revealed to MTV that his script for is done for Pee-wee's Playhouse, the movie. The movie will focus more on Pee-wee coming out of the Playhouse in search for a missing friend. Sounds like uh, a little bit like a previous movie where he goes out in search of a missing bicycle. Didn't he get in trouble last time he found his little friend in, out in public? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 well, wow. Fortunately, this time he's keeping it. Well, he's keeping it in the the doll world of Pee Wee's Playhouse, nowhere else. Um, I mean, when by, they go by the title of this movie, it makes it sound like it, they're making a movie about the show, which would be awesome. Larry Fishburne can come back. I don't know who they're going to get to play Phil Hartman's character, uh, Captain like Carl. Though. Yeah, there's a. The plan is that it's going to be about. It's going to be within the show's world, but the show is just in the playhouse, and he's going to be expanding the world to, like, a puppet world. So when they leave the playhouse, it's going to be outside, but it's not going to be our world. It's going to be, like, a puppet world. Larry Fishburne's going to have to quit CSI. (laughs) Cowboy Curtis. (laughs) It's a calling. It's a calling. Oh, by the way, I was looking this up. Miss Yvonne is played by the girl who plays Charlie's mom, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia, just so you know, Jeff. Miss Yvonne, the hottie. Interesting. What? Weird. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that's pretty much it for the Hollywood Rundown. There's one last thing that's sort of news-related, not really. I finally got around to watching more uh, Alice in Wonderland trailers, which uh, that this is the new one that comes out March 5th, I think it is, of next year. And, God, man, it, it looks awesome. I ended up uh, – I had really had no idea how much – Let's see how how bizarre Tim Burton could go, but it, it looks really interesting. And I'm uh, I had no idea what the Queen of Hearts looked like until I finally saw the the trailer too. And they did a a very interesting uh, a very interesting twist on Helena Bottom Carter's head, which is which is sort of cool. <laughs> but have you guys seen this stuff yet? Have you seen any of the? the it does video? look magnificent. I, I yeah. would be I would be incredibly excited for this if it weren't for uh, for 
very short but very poignant words. Charlie and five words. Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Well, I got one question for you. I've never seen Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but wasn't yeah, it the, just a remake? It was a piece of shit. But it was yeah, a remake, was, though. And it seems it was, like this story is like its own story, which is the smart thing to do. Like, okay, we're not going to try and retell Alice. It sounds like she's returning to... You right, know. this is this is all true. Yep, it's her returning when she's like And I 19. think that's going to be a saving grace. Is that it's like, oh, okay. I didn't even know that. Yeah. That's, that. I had no idea. Yeah, they're not retelling it. Like, she's about to get married in the movie, and she runs off and goes back down the hole, and then... They all recognize her from before and stuff like that. So it's it's definitely part two. It's like Return to Oz, just not as creepy. Right. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> that movie freaked right. the shit out of me when I was young. Yeah, I, I remember being mortified by that movie, but I was like seven the last time I saw right. it. So, so I never yeah, wanted I, to touch I'm pretty excited again. about this now. I thought it was going to be a retelling too, and I had my my issues. I'm like, I don't know if that's going to be good. But since it's a totally different story, I, I think that's going to be huge. Right, and the Cheshire Cat looks fucking bizarre, which is even better. Um, <laughs> anyways, that's going to be an, an an excellent movie. I'm I'm pumped for that. Uh, also, for all those people that are that are keeping track of uh, my blog at gungapit.com, which is nobody since I don't have a blog. Uh, but if I did, I would have talked about how we weren't able to see the Slam and Salmon last weekend because it wasn't released nearby, which was very very sad. Good one, Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah, damn you, Hollywood, damn you. Uh, so yeah, sorry. That moves us on to our uh, our movie reviews, which is our, our next feature here. James, I believe you're uh, you're on deck. Um, yeah, I ended up uh, seeing a couple movies actually. Uh, I saw The Watchmen. We, my sister Katie, bought that. I don't know. She's got this habit of putting stuff on her Christmas list and then buying them anyway. I don't get it. They're watching Star Trek right now. But, holiday uh, list. Yeah, or holiday yeah, list. Yeah, holiday and on their Kwanzaa list or whatever. Yeah. Um, but uh, I ended up seeing a movie that we've talked about in the past, and uh, I'll just talk about it real quickly here. But uh, since we haven't given it the official review, uh, I saw a movie right. called Hellboy 2, uh, oh, 2008, nice. uh, by writer-director Guillermo del Toro. Um, for those of Soon you, to be hot. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. And that was like one of the main points of interest for me, too, is trying to see how good he's going to do with The Hobbit and stuff like that. But uh, for those of you who don't know the Hellboy thing, it's a character from a comic book. Um, he's a demon boy who comes in across from, you know, the netherworld through this portal. The government gets a hold of him as a kid, kind of raises him, and then in his adulthood, he's a badass supernatural being's crime fighter for the government, basically. Um, and this week episode, he's stopping a evil elf from summoning an army of machines to kill off humanity. And... Without getting too much in the story and stuff, I mean, the script was just kind of weak and stuff, and what I really enjoyed about the first one, and I know I've talked to you about this, Greg, it's, is, like, the Hellboy character is probably the most interesting thing to me about it. Right. Um, so the story, I don't know, it really just doesn't weigh as well when the character's, like, not on his game, and I think that's one of the main problems I've had with both Hellboy movies, actually. Like, in the first one, he's very mopey about his girlfriend, and the second one, he's just fighting with his girlfriend. I just want to see Hellboy when he's, like, I don't know, on top of his game, just kind of wisecracking and, you know, not caring about, you know, keeping a low profile and that sort of thing, and he, they hinted that a little bit in this one, but, you know, I just kind of want him to let him be his own person and not just be, you know, some guy moping around for a girl. Um, a couple other things about this movie is uh, Abe Sapien, which is kind of like the sentient fish man guy. Yeah. He's got a bigger role in this movie, so if you like him, you'll like this. Um, I hated that German guy. 
The, oh, in Hellboy 2? Yeah, they, they have a new character. He doesn't have the human handler he had from the first movie. They've replaced him with this new agent called Johan Kraus, and he's a pretty lame guy. Basically, he's kind of like a ghost spirit that kind of control machines, and most of the time he's just in his little outfit that he's made for himself or somebody made for him, and that's it. He's got a couple cool devices and talks with an accent, so therefore he's, you know, suave and all that. But yeah, he's he's a pretty lame character. Um, the other complaint is Liz is the girlfriend of Hellboy. Flame control person. She barely ever gets to use her abilities, which is kind of lame because it's a really powerful ability. So I'd like to see her, you know, do something cool, you know, because this movie's all about, you know, special effects, action sequences, and yet they're missing out on, you know, a good... Yeah, the- it seems like they just turned the second one into a giant freak show. They're like, oh, you know, the first one was a little bit of a freak show, but I think we should just go all out here. And it just yeah, it didn't, and didn't work very well. There was a couple things I like. Like, I didn't – I still haven't decided if I like that whole scene where they go into – I forget what it was called. Like the troll bazaar or the troll fair or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, yeah. And They're in a area pretty much yeah it's almost like a secret hogwarts section you know instead it's like this is the troll bartering area and there's weird creatures and you know it's it's like going to the cantina in star wars and there's you know a whole bunch of weird shit and i kind of liked it but i kind of didn't i'm still on the fence about that but i mean in a movie that's built around visual effects and you know cool creatures and stuff i was kind of surprised they didn't make more use out of liz's firepower so that kind of surprised me um Go ahead. I was just going to say, the other thing the first one had that the second one doesn't have either is that you've got, since you have that human, um, you pretty much have the struggle of Hellboy. Yeah, you've got the human handler trying to, and Hellboy's like having the issue like, oh, you're a demon, you're a person, you're a demon, you're a person, what are you, you know, where do you fit, where do you belong? And that sort of shows up a little bit in Hellboy 2 with the, um, I forget the elf dude's name, but he ends up trying to be like, hey, you're on our side, not the human side. and um but it, that, I think that struggle was way better in the first one. That and you can't do much better for a bad guy than Nazi cultists, and they had that in the first one. And they yeah, obviously and they switched to an elf. <laughs> so, yeah, ooh, you can you know swing a sword or whatever. But yeah, it, I mean it was an okay movie, but I'm not I'm not uh, regretting that I rented it. But it, it's gotcha. not all that great. Awesome, cool. Um, I uh, also caught a, a new movie. I saw the assassination of Jesse James. Told by the coward Robert Ford. It was a. Uh, That's not what it's called. Sorry, assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. There we so, go. I'm sorry. Just, just want to make sure that you weren't going to review a movie that you know nobody's seen because it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is true. Especially since yeah. I have this one at my house, so this is a very important review for me. So, proceed. All right. So, it's the story about the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Interesting. <laughs> And I liked it. Spoiler alert! <laughs> next, next review. Um, so, no, no, really though, it's a, it is a story about the assassination of Jesse James, and it's actually, it starts with, uh, a last heist by Jesse James and his brother, and, uh, a couple of people they hired for, for one last gig. Uh, this is including, uh, Casey Affleck's character, uh, Robert Ford, who ends up, uh, getting the better of Jesse in the end. But the story, the story, uh, and the real tragedy is Jesse, Quitting, quitting and trying to get his life on track and trying to figure out what to do next. And you get the feel that he's sort of losing his mind trying to figure out who to trust because it's a story of him walking away from being a criminal and still sort of is a criminal and trying to tie up loose ends and dealing with the people he's done jobs with before 
and trying to figure out who to trust. Uh, Casey Affleck's character, Robert, um, came in for the last heist with, with Brad Pitt's Jesse James and completely idolizes him. And it, it turns from sort of him being idolizing Jesse and then actually becoming really, really envious and almost turns to like violence toward him. And, uh, you get to see how that, that unravels at the end. James, you, you've got it on your queue or pretty much at your house. I don't know if I want to, I want to waste it for you, but, um, What's very, what's really interesting about the movie, like the story's not bad and uh, like the, the plot works, but Casey Affleck, I still can't stand. I don't care what he's doing. Yeah, that's um, what I was curious about because I've never been a huge Casey fan. I've only liked yeah. when he's like the goofball from like Ocean's Eleven or, you know, somebody from like Goodwill Hunting type roles and that's about it. Right, right. I should also point out, uh, Sam Rockwell's in this movie who I've, I've also had issues with with the past. He did, uh, Choke recently and he sort of won me back a little bit, but, um, and he plays, I, I, I never actually even understood if he plays, uh, Robert Ford's cousin or his brother, but, uh, Sam Rockwell and Casey Affleck's character are really close and they, uh, they sort of do some, some scheming together. But, uh, what's also really interesting is it's, it's told, it's told, the narration's really odd. It ends up, I, I think the idea is you're supposed to get that the events aren't exactly, aren't exactly legit all the there's a lot of fades from scene to scene instead of cuts which makes you it makes it feel like it's just sort of flowing like it's almost like there's a pool of ideas or thoughts and you're walking through it which is sort of interesting like it's it's like a makes it feel more fantasy when when you're actually watching watching the movie go by and it's sort of story by story from character from character to character and it's uh i like that that's 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 the allure to this movie but i uh everything else about it um, the acting's meh, Casey Affleck meh, and um, yeah, James, I think you might want to just skip it, dude. Might want to just skip it. Can't do Jeff, it. Jeff was there. Jeff, you have any any quick comments? You saw the movie, movie. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was there. I, I was. I was a big was, part of that experience. Oh, you showed up for that, not Congo. I see how it is. Yeah, no shit. You missed Congo night. Fuck Congo night. <laughs> Yeah, what? just give me the quick. Did you like it or no? Like, was it? Um, you know, I did. I, I, I well, I, I, I'm not, I'm not nuts about it, but I, I thought it was okay. Uh, I think my favorite thing about it was there wasn't a single. Uh, <laughs> Sam Rockwell, I thought was excellent in it, and uh, he was the only, I think, like re- redeemable character in it. Like Jesse James, I think they might have, they might have tried to make him seem decent, but he was like, he wasn't. Like he was, he was a bad guy. Yeah, Robert yeah. Ford was a bad guy, uh, but um. Sam Rockwell's character playing uh Robert Ford's older brother was I really liked him. He like he was kind of a bad guy too, but like in the end he he sort of uh I don't know. I, it was okay. It, well, I'm not going to say run out and see it, but it was okay. Well, tell me this. Was there a hot chick? Not really. Okay, yeah. come back. Feet, but she was like <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, and you don't even you don't even see her. Like she just shows up once or twice and that's it. She's yeah. supposed to be Jesse's Jesse's uh it's uh Mary Louise Parker as the Jesse's the, girl. Yeah, Jesse. Yes. <laughs> Were you? Did you have that lock? In the I, did. Yeah, I did. I <laughs> did. Just yeah, comes out of a holster. So was there a hot chick? Come on, <laughs> Jesse's come girl. On. Talk about Jesse's girl. Come on. No, oh, no, that man. was not premeditated. We've got our new outro music. We got our new outro music. Anyways, yeah. Uh, I would, I would, I'd take a pass on it next time you get a chance. So when you get a chance, take a pass. Uh, yeah. So that leaves it with Jeff's movie review. What you got? Uh, I went to the theater, um, heard of it, and saw the fantastic Mr. Fox. 
uh, Thank really, God. really loved it. Uh, of course, you know, Wes Anderson film, who, who, who surprised, uh, he and Noah Baumbach, uh, got together and, 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 um, put this one together. Uh, first time they've been together since a couple movies ago, the, um, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Uh, the movie focuses around the fantastic Mr. Fox, played by George Clooney, uh, and his, and his family. Uh, his family would include, uh, his wife, who is uh, voiced by Meryl Streep, and his son, uh, Ash, who is voiced by Jason Schwartzman, who basically reprises his role as Max Fisher in Rushmore as just sort of like a, uh, like attention craving, um, you know, wants to be something great, uh, type, type of, type of guy. Um, bad guy in this movie. I never, I couldn't figure it out from reading, reading, uh, um, well, like is it the Mr. farmer guy? Like I yeah, Mr. Fox decides that he's gonna he he decides to come out of retirement as a because uh, he's been writing for the local animal newspaper, but uh, he he decides to come out of retirement and get back into uh, stealing things, uh, stealing chickens from farms. And so there are three farmers, the the meanest farmers in the world, that live near his tree. And, uh, and then, so he, he, he like hatches this elaborate three part plan to rip them all off. Um, take all the chickens? Uh, just to steal from each of the, uh, each of the farmers. One of the, one of the farmers has like, uh, like, goo- like geese, one has chickens, and one has, um, has apple, uh, fermented apple cider that's like, uh, like liquid gold. Is this uh, like the Ocean's 12 or something? It's not. It's not a heist movie at all. Like the the the, the heists are. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not a heist movie. But the the heists are fun. Um, he's accompanied by uh, on, on all of his heists. He's accompanied by this little uh, possum named Kylie, who's uh, voiced by Wallace Wolodarski, and then a couple times by his uh, his his nephew. Um, Christofferson, who is voiced by Eric Anderson, I think Wes's brother, who normally does some of the uh, animation yeah. for. Um, but uh, it was really good. It was uh, it was you know how like a lot of the Pixar movies are like kids movies with jokes for adults. Okay. Yeah. This is like a an adult movie with like some stuff for kids. Uh, I guess would be the way to put it, and like it's like acceptable for kids. I guess you could say. Um, but it's definitely humor based, right? It's there's a lot of humor and a lot of I mean it's it's like any of uh, Wes Anderson's other movies like okay. a lot of uh, a lot of dry ironic humor and a lot of uh, kind of like well uh, well put together characters and um, I, I would liken it most to uh, the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou as far as like its theme uh, Mr Fox trying to be as fantastic as he can and uh, and yeah so um, I don't know the, the standouts being. Uh, Willem Dafoe as the rat. He was, nice. he was pretty cool. Um, uh, and then, um, also Bill Murray, of course, I'm going to mention as the badger. There are just a couple of fantastic scenes. Um, and being a kid's movie, uh, they didn't swear at all. So I'm just going to real quick, uh, give you an example of what they did instead of swearing. Uh, <laughs> badger. In summation, I think you just got to not do it, man. That's all. I understand what you're, uh, Mr. Fox, I understand what you're saying. Your comments are valuable, but I'm going to ignore your advice. Badger, the cuss you are. Mr. Hey. Fox, the cuss I am. Are you cussing with me? <laughs> Badger, 
no, you cussing with me, Mr. Fox, don't cussing point at me. Badger, if you're going to cuss, you're not going to cuss with me, you little cuss. Badger, you're not going to cuss with me. Yeah, so that, that's, that's kind of, nice. there were some, some really funny uh, little incarnations of that. But uh, really, really nice, heartwarming movie, and um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The soundtrack kicked ass, as usual. Um, the animation was awesome. It's nice to see, like, some good old-fashioned claymation in this world of uh, 3D Avatar. Opera. Right. That's Not the part I was wishy-washy on. I, just, I saw the preview, and I remember liking all the background animation, and I couldn't decide if I really liked the the character animation, just because, I don't know, the fur and clay, I had a hard time with it. But it was okay for you? <laughs> I loved it. There were there were a couple of uh, several points in the movie where they 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 did like a um in classic Wes Anderson fashion, like a close center shot of somebody's face, okay. and and it, like it just it, it, the claymation is just laughter inducing in and of itself. Yeah, like it's it's uh, I really like this movie. A uh, huge 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 recommendation to go out and see this movie from me. All right, and uh, it's actually from what I had read, it's not even. Like state of the art claymation. He went back to, oh, let's do something they did in the '60s. Do it the way they did in the '60s. No shortcuts, and we'll we'll keep it that way the whole time. And yeah, I don't uh, know what state of the art claymation would be, but I don't think it's that. Well, yeah, it's a. Uh, anyways, yeah, I, I don't know the the technical jibber jabber either. The cuss, the cuss, what's going on? But maybe we should use that. The cu- God cussing. Cuss. Right. Um, and the other one last thing before we move on, I also want to point out. Uh, Wes Anderson played, apparently did the weasel voice, which mm-hmm. is interesting because the only other like he's he never he's never in his own movies. He's not he's not uh not like that. And he was in Royal Tenenbaums. He, he did, yeah, he did Royal Tenenbaums voice for the ten, like the the two line tennis match guy too. Was the weasel a big character? The weasel was a very minor okay. character. Yeah. Well, Jeff, that uh that movie review was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but uh it is time to move on to our more the the feature of today's episode. Uh we did mention last week, you know, we are getting to the the end of 2009. We're going to be recording our uh, our Christmas episode, family feed episode early. Sorry, holiday episode, Jim, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh and doing pretty much two more episodes after this, but these are going to be our end of the year episodes, and it was sort of time we decided to get our ducks in a row. Uh we just don't have much time left for the year, so today's today's one of those days. And we want to discuss uh, a little bit about what we liked, what we didn't like about 2009, and uh, in terms of movies and uh, maybe the, the people within them. And there were there was a uh, a lot of interesting things going on, a lot of interesting things. What what uh, did you guys like about this year in movies? Anything uh, anything stick out in your head? What what actually uh, you cared about? I actually have a non sarcastic thing to start with, and then I'm really? just going to straighten to sarcasm. Um, <laughs> The Hangover, a really genuinely funny movie, like really well done funny movie, uh, broke all kinds of comedy records and was number four for the year and made just buku bucks and put um, Zach Galifianakis on the map, who uh, a, a lot of people have been screaming about how funny he is for a long time, and it's good to see, you know, uh, good man, good good man get good things and that movie do well. So let's hope that. Uh, in two years, they come out with a sequel, and it's a giant piece of shit. So I can send this into statement. <laughs> so, so I can so I can send this recording down down into infamy. What I most like about the Hangover, and I've never even seen the movie, but I just like the fact that it can kind of remind studios that you don't need fucking Transformers to make a blockbuster movie. You can just 
take a small film and take a chance on it, and something great can happen. So I'm hoping yeah, it's, you know studio good. heads will you know keep this in mind. You don't need you know mega stars and all this stuff. You can just have a good solid movie and still you know make money. Well, yeah, on that same point, James, like studios can make rated R movies that will make lots of money. I do like that overall that overall point that people need to make movies. For me now, because, you know, I'm older, fuck making movies for kids. I want to see movies that I'm interested in and not that anything. <laughs> I want swearing and yeah, kids. Want... Damn it. I want more movies based on, uh, let's see, Star Wars. Yeah, we need Star Wars movies. No. Anyways, rated R movies can make money. I'm happy that uh, The Hangover did well. I did actually, I think, no, I did not see it in theaters, but uh, it, was a, it was a good movie. I had seen it. And Zach Galifianakis is a funny guy, and I'm happy he's doing well. Um, too bad we can't have a David Cross vehicle like that or, um, yeah, David Cross, man, what a genius. Anyhow, good stuff, good stuff, yeah. And I, I don't think there was, like, Paranormal Activity was Radar 2, that made some, made some cash, and that was, you know, a, obviously a really low budget movie, but Hollywood yeah, that definitely was like the didn't. Project, uh... Right, yeah, Hollywood didn't produce that, that's, that was outside of Hollywood, so I'm not really giving them any. Any, uh, right, no risk taking there, but uh, yeah. yeah, I just like the fact that you know they didn't have to just play some kind of pop culture movie to get their money on this one. It's just a good solid movie from what I understand. Right, and I don't, I don't know if you mentioned, yeah, two hundred ninety-three million, or sorry, not two hundred, two hundred seventy-seven million, and it's number four for the year right now. At least until Avatar hits and makes it in the top ten. <laughs> like you guys didn't say it. Was. Wrong. We'll see. Uh, yeah, anything, anything else uh, stick out? That's uh. That you liked about 2009? Um, I mean, there were movies that I liked. Yeah. Do you want me to no, not movies. Uh, themes. You want something special about 2009. We're looking at big picture stuff yeah, here. big picture here. Yeah. This is a big picture episode. I think something that fits in that is uh, Star Trek. I mean, that's uh, it's an old franchise that they were hoping to relaunch, and I think they actually pulled this off. I think they have relaunched the, the series successfully. I think there was enough love for these new people, and... I think J.J. Abrams does a great job of, you know, bringing this back in a slightly different light and with a little bit, you know, different flavor to it. So I think, you know, it's going to stick, and I think they're going to make more movies out of it. And I think that's a good thing. There were, I mean, a few things I didn't like about the movie, but I think overall I, it was pretty good. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. I think one of the main I, pr- things that they did right was uh, casting a no-namer as Kirk. I think that was huge. You want some more no-namers? You think no-namers might, might do well, it? Well, I think it's just nice to not put a star in there and overshadow the role. I mean, you don't want, you know, a Tom Cruise in there and everyone going, hey, that's Tom Cruise, that's not Kirk. You know, you don't want one of the, that situation. I love her, I love her, I love her. Okay, sorry. Uh, I'm in love. Uh, yeah. I Star Trek, I don't know. I, I actually, I did see Star Trek in theaters, and it was it was a good movie, but... In terms of relaunches, that was the thing that pissed me off about this year, last year. Just it's just relaunch, sequel, central, and I like they make they obviously make a ton of ton of dough. I think let's see, yeah, top there's seven out of the top ten grossing domestic movies. Or either a reload or a yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Or a sequel. And I I know it's making money, but it's just I don't know. Like there's obviously something to be said about. Uh, Hollywood just reusing the same shit. Like, I don't mind people using the same plot, same just hero archetypes. That's fine. I can deal with that. That's the, that's how the world works. But when it comes to the fucking same movie coming out, it just... Yeah, but I don't think more. this is quite in the uh, 
the same group as like a Transformers. I mean, nobody cared about Transformers. I think Star Trek people like actually like. Apparently, four hundred two million dollars worth of people <laughs> cared about Transformers. <laughs> I think four hundred two million. Dollars worth of people went to Transformers. I don't know if I cared about it. I think people actually liked Star Trek. Their heart wasn't in it. They were yeah. They just went, oh okay, well, I paid money for that. Well, that sucks. <laughs> Zombie John Hughes was there with four hundred million dollars. His heart was not in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. But I, I don't know. I just got a better feel out of Star Trek, thinking okay, at least finally, you know, out of all the mega blockbuster remakes and relaunches, this one actually kind of got it right. Right. And I'm definitely, I'm definitely not saying a sequel's the same movie either as, as the original, but, um, a lot of them, not, not to say Night at the Museum Battle of the Smithsonian was a, a beautiful picture all of its, of its own, but it's, yeah, same movie. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Uh, and this isn't exactly year-end stuff, but I'm, I'm just curious. I, I'm, you know, looking at these year-end numbers, uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine did 179, almost 180 million dollars. Um, now, do we think that that's what that movie was worth, or could it have done significantly more uh, had it not been leaked like so prevalently on the internet? Ooh, interesting, interesting. Yeah, that is a tough one. I mean, for the most part, I haven't seen it, obviously, but uh, for the most part, I've heard bad things about this movie, and I think that has more to do with it than the leak. I think if the leak happens and the movie's good, I think it does more money. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I remember... Uh... Uh, Eli Roth, the guy who actually directed and wrote Hostel, friend of mm-hmm. Quentin's, who was also in uh, *Inglorious Bastards*. He was the uh, the, yeah, bear the bear Jew, the bear Jew. Yeah, bear um, Jew. yeah. Um, he actually claimed that Hostel, when it got, it also got super leaked on the internet. It completely got sm- just destroyed and smothered by by uh, in the box office because of it. That was he he would he would swear by it. He still does. And I'm uh, I'm curious. Uh, who did who did do that? Paramount. I don't remember who ended up actually releasing X Men. It wasn't Marvel Studios, was it? Yeah, uh, Fox. X Men is Fox. Fox. Um, but I, I don't know. I, a movie like that, I think everyone was just gonna go fucking see anyways. And the leak that was sent out, like I like I mentioned, a friend of mine had it, and when I when I saw it, it's it wasn't a finished movie, so it might have just um, wet the palate a little bit, and people just wanted to go get the the real deal later. So. I don't think that was the case. I don't think it hurt anything. Um, did it make more money because of it? Probably not. I think it's still still land in the same area. Uh, yeah. That, again, back to back to the the sequel reboot thing. We're going to be seeing a lot of that next year too. Unfortunately, I guess we'll. Uh, and I'll be here to comment on it and bitch about it and moan and whine. But I'll probably see a couple of the movies anyways and. Probably cry about it. So I hope you guys are listening. So I have somebody to cry to. Hey, how about I got a great idea? Instead of doing um, new episodes next, uh, like we'll show up, but like we'll just do like different versions of the same episodes Sweet. that we did. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the reboot of the Limerick episode. Then <laughs> this is our reboot. We're calling it Limerick. There'll be a twist ending to it. That's though. right. A twist ending. Nothing rhymes. I like that. Yeah, we do have to show up for the paycheck regardless. Like so. <laughs> Ever since Netflix pulled out, we're not getting paychecks. That's right. At least I'm not. I don't know. Greg, are you still? Oh, yeah. Uh, what's, uh, what's happening there? Yeah. So, yeah, James, anything else uh, stick out stick out for you for 2000, the 2009, class of 2009? Well, I was glad to see that uh, this is the graduate. That uh, Quentin still has some stuff left in his tank. Uh, Glorious Bastards, great movie. Oh, so, it was awesome. One of his best, I think. 
Yeah, yeah, it was definitely definitely a goodie. So I think that's a really good sign. I, I mean, Death Proof was okay. I didn't think it was near the top of his game. So. Oh, you finally saw it? You hadn't seen it forever, didn't you? I saw Death Proof with you. It was really? the I didn't see yeah, the zombie part. Planet. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. But, Sorry. Uh, but yeah, so I didn't I mean that one was just okay. I thought Inglorious Bastards was much better and I I think that's a good sign for all of us uh, Quentin fans out there. Right. It uh yeah, I uh I guess you're gonna be seeing the same out of James Cameron too. He was probably top top five of your directors, James? Can't James Cameron, top five? Um yeah, possibly. Um and uh, yeah, you're gonna be seeing what he's got left too pretty soon here. Are you gonna go see Avatar when it comes? Yeah, out? I'm undecided. I think it'll be one of those uh, mob mentality ones where if a bunch of people right. are going, I'll go, but I won't initiate it. I want to go during I'm, the week. I'm definitely much more interested in up in the air. Yeah, that that is that is gonna be a fucking sweet movie, and it's already getting critically acclaimed, etc. Yeah. Golden Globes, all that stupid crap. And uh, and while we're talking about Inglorious Bastards, our boy uh, Christ- Christoph Waltz played that played uh, the bad guy in, in Bastards is getting a lot of a lot of a lot of critic uh, acclaim. Hopefully, also. get some good work. That'd be cool. Yeah, no shit, dude. He was awesome. Well, he's a he's a TV master. Apparently, we just haven't seen him in it's uh, time in to graduate. Yeah, <laughs> 2009 graduation class. <laughs> Christoph Waltz graduating cum laude whatever. Yeah. <laughs> So, so what's like the worst thing of the year? I haven't even seen it, but I'm gonna go with GI Joe. Just cause we're talking about worst movie. Just worst thing to happen worst, to the movies. Worst thing. <laughs> worst event. Just the fact that they tried to release a, a GI Joe movie. It's, There's females in that movie though, so it's not that bad. Um, made 150 million dollars. You can guarantee a signal on that, or a signal a sequel on that. Right. I think. Uh, just, I've, I've been saying this for a while. I haven't brought up my opinions though because they're not they're not popular. We only bring up popular opinions on the show, which is a problem. We're gonna have to deal with that, but that's something something to put away later. Um, maybe next year. I guess this is sort of hopes. I should probably save this for another episode. But uh, the Saw movies that keep on coming out on Halloween. It's ruining Halloween. Every time I go and look at <laughs> Halloween movies, I see Saw and I cry. And I just don't want that to happen again. It was a bad 2009, so, and I hope it doesn't happen for 2010. It's a bad trend that continued, huh? Yeah, I don't like it. Like, I have to look at the stupid poster every time I look at movies for Halloween weekend, and it's it's a terrible thing. Terrible. And then that gets us to the Halloween remakes, which, yeah, whatever. Um, I'm not the scary mo- scary movie master, but it's still sad. Still very sad. Jeff, do you have any uh, any things you, you hated about 2009? Uh, Twilight. <laughs> no, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen any of Twilight, so maybe I should reserve judgment. It just just seems like don't start based now. on what I know about the people that see it uh, or are religious about seeing it, and uh, the people that I know that have seen it bad. Um, you know, I don't know. I think. Well, I was very happy that The Hangover did so well. If you look at the things around The Hangover. Uh, no surprise, you know, the, the things hanging out at the top are the things exactly that you'd expect yeah, around the top. That, that and, is definitely uh, the only surprise up there. Yeah, I, I, you know, there, I, I think in order to find, like, I mean, The Hangover being a good comedy, great, but, like, in order to find, like, a strong, like, thinking movie, you'd have to go down to pretty much number 22 at Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Um, and the crazy thing is, 
frickin' The Hangover is still in fucking theater somewhere. <laughs> it hasn't officially <laughs> closed yet. That's, that's crazy. That's a great to me. dollar picture. That's a great dollar picture to go see at some dollar theater, you yeah. know. So um but I mean yeah, like it, like the as far as like the real like trying to be like artful and make like a good, you know, interesting flick, we've got Inglorious Bastards at twenty two, which was pretty cool. District nine, which I really enjoyed at twenty four. Um you know, I didn't see paranormal activity, but that's that's sort of interesting anyway. But like, you know, I mean, so you know, all all all's well that ends well, obviously, and and several other things that don't really make any sense in this context. But uh, you, you would, I, I don't know. I always I always would wish to see. Like last year, we had uh, the Dark Knight at the top, which was a really, I mean, it was a huge blockbuster for several reasons, but it was a really well thought out movie. And, uh, and like really kind of pushed to the fore a lot of really nice ideas. Um, and, uh, was just great overall versus some of these movies which are just, you know, very forgettable. They'll be very forgettable in a couple of years. Yeah, you know? definitely. I was, not that, to mention their sequels will be coming out in two years too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a good point. So we'll remember them. They're there. forgettable and overshadowed by the next one. Yes. But, uh, I think one movie that I wish did a lot better and, Greg too, so his predictions would have been better. But uh, I was surprised that Watchmen did so poorly. I thought that was a big story for the year, and I thought it felt it fell pretty flat. I just watched it again on DVD, and I think I like it even more after watching it again on DVD. It was only the second time I've seen it, and I'm just blown away by the fact that it did more than half of its uh, more than half of its gross on opening weekend. That is true. Yeah. Did uh, I'm I'm curious. Did you ever actually? End up reading the graphic novel. I know you borrowed it. So uh, no, it's it. sitting right here next to my bed. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I can let you borrow a second one if you. <laughs> Just to remind me even more that I need to watch. I started it a couple months ago and never finished it, and now I need to start it again. You know, I'm I like I, I I'm usually the biggest advocate, at least on this show, of uh, read the book, read the book, read the book. But I, I wasn't that blown away by the graphic novel. Um, I don't know, versus the movie. I, th- I thought the movie did it justice. It, it was a little bit different. The ending was a little bit different, but uh, for the most part, I, I really thought that seeing the movie was sufficient. Yeah, I, actually, I think I would be upset. I, I read the, the novel, too, afterwards, after I saw the movie. And I think I would probably be upset by character, the actor choice if I went from novel to movie. I think that would for bug a me a little bit. Like, you, when you see... Uh, I think it's Matthew Good who plays uh, Adrian uh, Osmendius. I've never known how to yeah, pronounce yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Like I think I would be uh, pissed off. Like man, this is him, really. Like come on. I think I can. I can see that. But in terms of the story, um, I think they made the cuts where they needed to, and they yeah. even they even show you. Um, they give those people that have read the novel a couple glimpses that are just snapshot right out right out of the graphic novel. That right. Uh, that, those are those shots are for you. And there's. Um, uh, they they tried to they tried to do as much as they could for those people. To me, yeah. that opening uh, that opening Bob Dylan scene, the rest of that movie could have just been absolute yeah. garbage. The, I still would have liked the it. The opening that, Bob that Dylan scene is probably the best part of any movie I've seen this year for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's pretty damn close to, to the truth anyway. But to to go go with the the broader the broader brush here, um, just any movie like we're gonna be we always see movies that are coming from comics or from graphic novels and they've been coming out like I think this has been a thing I don't know what past decade they've been doing a lot of this and obviously there have been movies coming from books forever but um, I hope we see more of it and I hope that Watchmen do it like it was successful but I, I wish it were it was 
a bigger success just to give a signal to more of the production companies, hey, dude, just pick more of these up and, and see how they do. And we're going to see more of them, too. But um, I guess uh, vote with your dollar, folks. Vote with your dollar. And uh, don't don't see Transformers 2. Oh, wait, shit. Fuck, that already happened. Cuss, 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 cuss. <laughs> um, but yeah, any any last thoughts on 2009, or is it time to time to put it away and look to look to the future? No, I think that uh, about covers it. I said we move All on. Right. 2009, it's been a pleasure. Uh, you've been a good good pal. <laughs> I'm over you. <laughs> we can be friends still. That's cool. Um, we get to talk about the decade um, later. Perhaps, maybe we'll the talk. The decade about that was. Yeah, it's the nineties. Remember that? I'm sorry, the nineties. I mean the the twenty tens, the twenty hundreds, O's. The aughts. The aughts. Is that what we're calling it? Uh, yeah. So that brings us to uh, our our end of the show, the Parker Posey play along, which is very very uh a very interesting part of the show. It's not interesting actually. It's fucking hilarious. But Jeff's question was also hilarious. Uh, Jeff, uh, what was your question from last week again? I don't I don't even know. I don't know. It was, it was a good no. one, though. <laughs> it was uh, pretty much a, the, the question was, what superpower or uh, supernatural ability? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> you, you didn't know, really? I thought, I thought you were just playing dumb. I thought you were just playing dumb. Um, what superpower or supernatural ability would you want from a movie and why? And uh, we also opened up the discussion to uh, to uh, talk about my immorta- uh, immortality pick, but... Nobody, nobody took us up on the immortality discussion because it's so intense. It's deep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, do you have any? Do you have any uh, special standouts in your uh, in your head from last week? As far as, far as the answers. Yeah, as the answers. Sorry. Uh, you know, I think, uh, well, kind of you dropped the, uh, teleportation a la the, uh, jumper movie, and, uh, Joshua got behind it. Looks, that, that's a really good one. It's a really yeah, that is pretty intriguing. I do want to um, officially then, change my answer, though, if that's okay. You, okay. you can, but first I want to say that Jim Key with the Force, I thought about that, and I just feel like that's a group of abilities, and, and like, even though it has sort of one name, like, I really, the answer is the right answer. Having the Force would be awesome. Like, when you're reading late at night, and you have to, like, turn off the light, and you don't want to get up, like, Force, off, yeah, no problem, but, um, yeah, no, it's called the right, if that's, if that's a right, if that's a correct answer. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, cause, I guess it would come down to how much of the how much of the the stories in the books you do because they they brought in the whole mini chlorian thing which was just if you had more of those in your body you had more influence on it and uh, yeah I don't know man if we get down to technicalities you might be right maybe it is multiple multiple things but yeah force is cool force is awesome and you can pretty much do anything with it which is no so although I didn't see anyone flying with the force a lot of jumping. Not much flying. You can jump really high. It's kind of the same as flying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when James, you want to change your official answer yeah. to something else? Yeah. I don't know if you can do officially. Unofficially, maybe. All right. Well, I unofficially want to change my answer. Okay. I, I want to have uh, Dr. Manhattan's huge blue dong. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big. That can be. He's huge sometimes. No, that, yeah, that doesn't, yeah, that, that, you have to take the whole package, though. That's one ability. So if you're either <laughs> isn't that what I'm talking about the whole package? <laughs> no, no, no. You take one one ability. Oh. Yeah, he just wants the chest. <laughs> that's that's right. fine. I mean, I guess that says something so, about. 
<laughs> as great. you as you uh, probably already know, the Parker Posey's play along is is the part where we'll bring up the question and we'll answer it live as we were just discussing our answers now. And uh, we'll also bring it to the boards at gungapit.com and you can find it at Facebook. If you uh, look for the movie hour, we'll have it up there. And if you uh, post some answers, we'll bring them up in the next week's show. And now it is uh, new Parker Posey time, which is... Jim's, I believe. Jim, it's, it's definitely not mine, so it's got to be yours. All right, I guess I'll go. Um, yeah, uh, I had a hard time answering this question, but uh, I'll throw it out there anyway. Um, my question for this week is, what movie was the most pleasant surprise for you? Ever? Just yes, period. ever. And ever in your movie-watching history. Um Mine's actually going to be Goodwill Hunting. Hmm. Um, I had a, a girlfriend at the time take me to this movie, just out of the blue, never heard of it before, didn't know anything about it, didn't really even understand what the hell it was going to be about with that title. Took me to it, really enjoyed the movie, thought it was great. Just overall, just really enjoyed the movie and, you know, th- I think it was a, a really pleasant surprise for me. The Matrix is probably a second close for me because I know I've told this story before, but I just you know was using the Matrix to kind of test out a, a local theater and make sure it was you know Phantom Menace worthy. But you know I should have done it the opposite <laughs> way around. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, oh, so I'm the sticking. Irony. Yeah, the exactly, irony. exactly. But so yeah, I'm sticking with Goodwill Hunting just because it was so out of nowhere for me. Just oh, what the hell is this movie? And ended up being really good. So I'm taking. I, I, I said switch the other one. The other one's a much better story. <laughs> but. I'm, t- I'm taking your question out of context, but I want the first thing I thought of was like, oh, what about a movie where you're like flicking the TV and you're so bored and there's nothing on, and then oh, look, Batman Forever. Like my day just got better. <laughs> oh no, no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking movie going experience. Sorry, like actually okay. theater, theater. Yeah, and we're talking. Yeah, and we're talking about the movie itself, yeah, not yeah, like oh. And that's the other thing. You start talking about girlfriends. I'm like, okay, so like you got Makey Audi during a movie. Is that a good movie? Or you're talking about the movie itself? I'm talking about the movie itself. All right. Not, I, I, not that I you got three say, free pops at the theater at such or such. Right. Um. Man, that's tough. I know I brought this up before. But the first thing that comes to mind is Godfather 3, just because Godfather 3 just got shit on so much. And I remember having, I had the Godfather series in my back pocket until like two years ago, three years ago, maybe even a little longer. You sound like you're proud of it. You should be ashamed. Keeping stuff in your back pocket is an important part of the game. Like you, you always need to have that on the side. That's what I'm doing with Congo, but you're berating me for it. You didn't tell me that. If you would have claimed back pocket privileges with Congo, I would have backed off, but you never I said it. I think this whole back pocket thing is the biggest load of bullshit I've ever seen. You just haven't seen the movie. Yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm keeping it in my back pocket. But anyways. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. You're, you're missing out on time that you... The, you're missing out on a good portion of your life where you could have seen that movie. For okay, that this is an important part of the story, though. So I hadn't yeah. seen it for the longest time, and I think I've seen multiple movies that make references to things being terrible as a metaphor with, as a metaphor with uh, Godfather 3, just as a comparison. It's like, oh, this is worse than Godfather 3. It's probably similes, not yeah, metaphors. Whatever. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Everyone, I'm sorry. All right, so uh, you got me off track. Now what is he talking about? Metaphors, Metaphor right. Metaphors, similes. <laughs> so I saw Godfather 3, 
Uh, I saw them all in sequence, saw Godfather 3, and it wasn't that bad, and I was, I was uh, pleasantly surprised by it. But um, in terms of one going to a theater and seeing one, uh, seeing a movie and being pleasantly surprised, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Usually all the ones that I'll see later on DVD, I don't really plan on being that good or that interesting that I haven't seen to begin with, and uh, it worked really well. And, uh, so your I expectations think are too high to go for the theater that it's usually either, you know, yeah, meets or the theater, it sucks. I have, <laughs> I have pretty high expectations. And, uh, I, uh, I also did Hellboy, the first one, kept that in my back pocket too. And, uh, that, that was, that was a good one. I was happy I saw that. Well, I, I can see that logic. So I guess if you need to stretch it to a, you know, a rental style viewing, I guess we could do that. Interesting. Oh, we're, this was just supposed to be theater viewing? I'm sorry. I, I uh... said that like three times. Yeah, Greg doesn't <laughs> listen to me. Theatrical Respect viewing. your elders, okay. damn it. All right, well, maybe while Jeff answers, I'll give another answer. God, I hope it's, I hope it's a little more, uh, you know. Quit, like... quit delaying, Jeff. What's your answer? <laughs> I'm going to go with District 9. Um, I really had no idea. Yep. Uh, came out this year. Really had no idea what I was getting into whatsoever. I had, uh, the ad campaign intrigued me, and I had uh, one like acquaintance recommend it, and so I went and saw it, and I was really, uh, I was quite impressed with it. I thought it was a pretty great movie, and uh, yeah, that's that's my story about the movie. It has nothing to do with back pockets or, uh, you know, um, getting a hand job during good role hunting. <laughs> Get out of my head. <laughs> oh, I thought we were talking about hand jobs. Uh, <laughs> anyways. Oh, all right. A good question. Uh, can you re- rephrase it one more time? Because apparently I didn't even fucking understand. I refuse it. to rephrase it. I'll phrase it like I did the very first time. Okay. <laughs> all right. What is it? Um, what movie was the biggest pleasant surprise <laughs> for you? I'm aiming for movie theater, but if you need to go DVD, we can do that. Okay. <laughs> so you can find that question at uh, gungabit.com. It'll be there to answer, and also at a Facebook. Uh, James and Jeff, that wraps it up for almost our last episode of 2009. We're getting there, and uh, it's uh, it's going to be sad to see it go, but it's it's good that we will. Uh, it'll just be a renewal, just just like 2012 will be. And uh, yeah, thanks again for another great movie hour. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed. Yeah, drive safe. Take care, everybody. I'll see you next time. This is uh, the George Takai Lambda 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 Movie Hour. How about George Takai's Taco Shack? We've done taco shack. We've, we've done we've done we've done a lot of snack bars and <laughs> salad bars. But we've, we've done, done taco, taco shack. shack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Looking at last This is this is the this is the first time the, the podcast has ever been interrupted by a phone call because I forgot my phone was on. Yeah, you're supposed to turn that shit off. What the hell is he talking to? Yeah, I've got it. I totally have it. Totally. Yeah, you're on TV, Mom. You can you can talk. Alright, I'll see ya. Bye. Son of a bitch. Well that's going in the outtakes. Yeah. Hey mom! Good thing you had your phone off. Mom. <laughs>